Cassius Zurich, this is Pastor Leo again. I traveled crazy, but the last week it was an amazing worship tour across Italy. We have started in Palermo, in Napoli, in Bari, in Reggio Emilia, and we ended in Hur, Switzerland. And God has opened amazing doors in Italy. I mean, many years ago we thought, how can we win Italy for Christ? Now we have two churches, Palermo, Reggio Emilia, and there is more to come. Come on, how good is God? Uh, today we have an amazing guest speaker, he's actually one of our closest friends from Asia, from Indonesia. His name is Pastor Jeffrey Rahmat and he's an amazing influential church in Asia. And what I love about you Jeffrey, the whole church are many many things. But first of all, you have an amazing family, you have an amazing team, you have a big church but you still are on earth. You are uh, reachable, you're touchable, you are you're just si still simple, even if you have a big church, a big, big influence, you're going out to the lobby, you talk with people, you speak with people, we pray with people, and this is what I love about you. You are you're really the real deal, you're simple, unique, you have God has given you so many nuggets, and that's why I'm so happy and pleased that you came with the whole worship team. And now it's your turn. Come on, church. This is our um, what we do usually when a guest speaker comes. We stand up and we welcome him with standing ovation and a huge applause. Jeffrey Rockman on the stage in ICM. Come on, I'm excited because I'm Asian. Come on. <laughs> he looks like he's angry. He looks like he's angry. How are you, church? So this is an international church, international service, I suppose, as, as you say. I miss my interpreter now. Uh, well, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having uh, our team to lead worship. I know that uh, Leo told me that they never done this before, you know, uh, giving up their stage for a completely different band and different worship band. So this is their first time. So I told my guys, be careful now because <laughs> you either open the door for others to do it or you totally close the door for others to do it. So, so yeah, thank you so much again for having us. Uh, this is my third uh, service of the day. And before I start, I would like to uh, show you a little uh, uh, clip about uh, what we are doing uh, back home in Jakarta so that you will know when Pastor Leo said, I will go to Asia, I will go to Jakarta, you will know where he's going. So uh, it's, 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 uh, it's wonderful what the Lord has done throughout uh, the world, but especially in Asia, especially in Indonesia. So here's the clip, would you please... Uh,
build a generation of stars. To build a generation of stars to influence the world with the message of truth. That's who we are. Well, uh, are you ready for the word? Hey, uh, let me tell you that I'm not uh, a preacher. I'm more of a teacher. When you ask me what's the difference, Pastor, it means that I don't shout. And I speak very slowly. But uh, I hope that you're not going to fall asleep, but uh, you open your mind and your heart to receive what God wants you to hear today. Shall we start? Okay. God is eternal. What does it mean is that God is not limited by time. God is never late. He's never in a hurry. He's never too early. But on the other hand, you and I, we live here in this earth. We are limited by time. We know what it means to be late. And especially all the Indonesians. We know very well what it means to be late. That's the culture that we in our church try to change. Because uh, we know that we need, to be, we need to do a better job than that. Anyway, now here's the questions that I would like to ask you. How can we understand God who live in a different realm than we are? How can we understand Him? He is not limited by time. While we are here on earth, we are limited by time. How can we understand Him? How can we know how He works? And that's the question I often ask. But thank God, when I read the Bible, especially in the Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, I start to get how He works. Because here, the Bible says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Here we see that God, or the Bible, is using human term, which is time, to simply help us understand who God is and how He works. And the Bible it's very clearly in this and said, I am the Alpha and I'm the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. He is using time to help us understand how He works. Meaning that God can see the end from the beginning. And He can also see the beginning from the end. Because He is Alpha and He is Omega. God can see future, your future, from now 
he can see now from the future. And I want you to hold that thought for a moment and then go with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 21, verse 31 to 32. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In this parable, Jesus explained to us how the kingdom of God works. Listen to this. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed plant, planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of God's plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. So, to help you understand, to make it, to make it uh, very relevant, I have here a picture of a tree. I took this picture when I was uh, having vacation with my wife in Italy a couple of years ago. I didn't know why. I always uh, like to take a picture of a tree, especially a tree with, that bears much fruit. So I have a couple of pictures of this in my phone. Probably because, you know, every time I see this, it speaks something to me. Because the Bible says that you can identify a tree by its fruits. So that's why I like to take a picture of a tree. It reminds me that you need to be fruitful in life. It's not enough for you to just grow in, in your spirituality. It's not enough for you to, to grow in faith. But ultimately, you need to bear fruits. Because by the fruits, people can identify who you are. Oftentimes, people came up to me after the service and said, Pastor, I like your preaching. I love your sermon. And I felt like I'm growing since I come to your church, I said, that's good, but it's not good enough. Because the, the, what I want is not for you to just grow in your faith. Because, you know, I cannot, if I'm, I'm not an expert in three, you know, and if I don't see any fruit in this tree, I would not, I have no clue what kind of a tree is this. But I can identify this tree simply by seeing its fruits. So that's why as a Christian, we need to bear fruits so that others will notice who we are as a Christian. Do you get this? Okay, so let's suppose you ask God, God, I want to have this tree that bear much fruits in the future. Okay, that's your request to God. So when God answer you, answer your request, answer your prayer, what do you think should happen in the beginning? When you ask God to have this tree that will bear much fruit in the future, what should happen now? Well, I want you to use your imaginary for a moment. If I may, 
illustrate to you, this is how God will do it for you. He will wrap this tree and all its fruit up, squeeze it into a very small package, and he will move from the future to now, and now, in the now, that what you will get in the future, now, is in the form of this, a little seed. Just this. So, when you ask God to have that in the future, He will answer you. He will give it to you. But He will give you not in the form of that, but He will give you in the form of this. And when He give it to you, God is very excited. God is pleased and very excited because he knows what the future will be like for this seed if you know how to accept it, if you, are in, if you know how to do with this. But oftentimes, we are not as excited as God when we receive this because our answer will be God. What is this? I have asked you for that tree. I have asked you for that tree. Do you understand what I'm what I've asked you? Do you understand what my prayer is? And this is the best that you can have for me? So we are not ex- as excited as God because we fail to understand. We fail to recognize the potential of the seed. That's why Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, the Bible says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So that's our problem. That's our problem because we cannot comprehend what God has done from the beginning to the end. That's our problem because we cannot understand how God works from the beginning to the end. But the reality is from the smallest of seed, if you plant it in a good soil, it will grow into a tree that can bear much fruit in the future. In life, how many times I hear, I heard someone pray to God, God, I need financial breakthrough. Or God, I need a miracle. Or God, I want to, I have a dream. I have this big dream. I want to have a big business. God, I want to have a big ministry. And we then fail to understand how God works. Because when God answers our prayer, He doesn't give us what, what will happen in the future. He gives us always in the form 
of a seed. So if you can only hear God responds to you, when you, when you complain to God, what is this? I asked you for a breakthrough. I asked you for a big bonus, and all you give me is this? If you can only, res- if you can only hear what, what God, God will respond to you, He will say, that's it. Yes. I already give you what you want. I already give you what you need. This, this is it. This is the key to your future. All you need to do is to sow that seed. That's all. And I'm here to tell you how many times God has put seeds into your hand. But it is so small that you don't take it seriously. It is so small that you're never grateful for that. And the, the seed can be in the form of everything. The seed can, can be in the form of a job, a small responsibility, or maybe a small money. And, but because we don't understand how God works, so we waste the little thing that God has placed in our hand. And that's why so many of us never seen our breakthrough. So many of us never seen our breakthrough. Not because God haven't given us chances. He gave us many chances, but not in the form that we wanted to see, but always in the form of a small seed. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? So, that's why Jesus gave us the parable. So that we understand the concept on how God's work. The same thing happened when we face big problems or big challenges. You know, oftentimes the, the, the answer to solve the problem usually come in a small ideas. Let me give you a few examples. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, we have a king named King Saul. King Saul and his army were very mighty. They had some serious winning records. They they were unbeatable. But one day they were so very afraid and they were so very intimidated by a, a, a man called Goliath. You know why? Because they had no one in their side that, that is as big as Goliath. So they forgot all their, their winning. They forgot all the, 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 the record that they have. They forgot all of that because right in front of them, a giant stand against them, and his name is Goliath. Because we have the tendency to solve a big problem, we need to come up with something bigger than that. But you know the story. Finally, a little man called David came along. And then David, he didn't use a sword. He didn't even use the the army costume that King Saul offered to him. 
What David did is just he picked five stones, little stones, and he used only one to beat Goliath. See, the Bible teaches something here that to face big problems, big challenges, we often need just a small ideas to solve it. How about in the New Testament? Remember when Jesus teaches in front of 5,000 men? And then at the end, after he teaches that, Jesus said, oh, the disciple, his disciple said, hey, master, you need to send all of these people home because it's already late and they are hungry. They need something to eat. But Jesus' response was this, you need to give them something to eat. And then looking at the massive people, this this building can only hold 3,500 people. So the crowd is even bigger than when this building is filled with people. 5,000 men, not including women and children. So the response of all his disciples would be, what? How much money do we need to feed all these people? They are hungry people. But you know, the answer is very simple. Because Jesus understands the principle how the kingdom of God works. And finally, it was a small lunchbox of a little boy that he used to feed 5,000 men while his disciples thought that they, they, they need more than 200 dinari to feed them all. So what is this with all the little things that I try to share to you? Because all these little things is very important in your life. Oftentimes, I get asked by other leaders or, or pastors or business people, hey, Pastor Jeffrey, what is the key to success? People like to have a key. You know, they think if they can get the key, they will get the same success. So I got that question often, regularly. What is the key of success? Because we want to learn from you. What is the key to have successful ministry? What is the key to grow a church? What is the key to have successful business? What is the key to have a successful marriage? First of all, I said to them, even though I give you my key, it won't open your door. Even though I give you my key, my key won't open your door because every door is unique. That's why every key is also unique. They might be similar in type, but even though I give you my key, it won't open your door. It means that even though the principle is the same, but you still need to learn the uniqueness of your situation to be able to solve your problem. Secondly, I said to them that the key to open every door is always small. The key to open every door is always small. I don't care how big is the door, 
But the key is always small. I've never seen a key as big as the door. The key is always small. The key to unlock your future is always small. The, the key to bring successful business for you is always small. The key to, to have a breakthrough is always small. The key to have a successful ministry is always small. The key to grow a church is always small. So they were surprised with my answer. To be honest with you, few of them left with unbelief. But many did what I told them, and then they've seen a great result. Isn't it true that, for example, in marriage relationship, oftentimes it is not the big things, but the little things that create the intimacy between husband and wife. Not a big thing, but all the little things. You know, the little things like remembering birthday. It's very important. The little thing like remembering your wedding anniversary. Something like, something, the, the little thing like just holding hands. You know, uh, praising each other. Saying thank you to each other. All those little things. Noticing that your wife just cut her hair and color her hair. <laughs> That's the little thing. The little thing. Or maybe just, just appreciative one to another. See, I counsel many uh, couples who wants to go through divorce. And oftentimes, I discovered that the reason behind broken relationships it's never big things. I've never, I never heard a wife complain to me about her husband by saying, because he never took me to a world-class tour with a private jet. Or my husband never bought me a condominium in Zurich. No, that's never a big thing. It's always a small little thing that they miss, that they overlook, and that causes their relationship to break down. Because, understand this, the little key that can open the door is the same key that will close the door. The little key that will open the door is the same key that will lock the door. Meaning that those little things can give you success, but those little things, if you don't do it, it will close your success. You will never have a success if you don't want to do that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? That's why Jesus says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large one. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Wow. So the little things is your key to promotion. The little things is your key to promotion. The word excellent, I love the word excellent because I always said if you excel 
If you're excellent in what you do, you don't have to blow the trumpet yourself. If you are excellent in what you do, you don't have to promote yourself. Other people will promote for you. Other people will talk greatly about you if you are excellent. But do you know what excellent means? Excellent, one of the definitions of excellence is paying attention to little details. Because if you are excellent, will happen if you're paying attention to little details. And when you're excellent, you don't have to promote yourself. People will start promoting for you. And then you will get the promotion that you want to have. So the, and the, the great things about these little things is that everyone can do it. You don't have to be extra smart to do this. You don't have to be a genius to do this. Because it is a small responsibility. Yeah. It is a small thing. Everyone can do it. That's why everyone can be great if they know how to respond correctly to all the little things that they, that they have in their hands. But if I have, I have, I have a quote from Charles Swindle. And he said, the difference between something good and something great is attention to details. The difference between something good and something great is attention to details. So if you are too big for a small responsibility, then most probably you are too small for big responsibility. I say it again. If you are too big for small responsibility, then you are too small for big responsibility. So be grateful whatever God placed in your hand. Do it with all your mind because it could be your promotion to a better thing in life. Another thing that I want to talk to you is this as we close. If you look at this sea, the future of this sea is not in front of it, but the future of this sea is inside of the seed. Let me repeat. If you look at the seed, the future of the seed is not in front of it, but the future of the seed is in the seed. Remember the picture of the tree with all its fruit? God wrapped it up, squeezed it into a small form which is a seed. So the future of the seed is not in front of it, it's inside it. That's why your future is not in front of you. Your future is inside of you. So stop looking around. Don't be jealous at others because your future is not in front of you. Your future is inside of you. So start to look inside. What is inside of you? What God has in store for you inside? What you are good at? What, you, what makes you excited? What flows naturally out of you? Because if you start to recognize what you have in the inside, then you will have a great future. Because the Holy Spirit will help you to unleash your potential. But, 
For that to happen, the seed needs to be planted in a good soil. That's all the seed needs to do to be able to have a, a future. Let me repeat. That's all the seed needs to do to have the, its future is for this seed to be planted in a good soil. That's it. That's the only thing that the seed needs to do for it to have a big future. And as the seed needs to be planted in a good ground to grow big and to bear much fruit, that's why you also need to be planted Amen. in a good soil. That's why I believe that, that a church is always a good soil, yes. especially if you have a church like this one, ICF Zurich, which is a token of God's faithfulness that has been going for years. It starts with very little. It starts with a small group of people. But look what God has done after 21 years. And now you are sitting comfortably here in a big, big hall like this. It is, for me, it's no-brainer. It's a sign of a good soil. So don't just visit a church. Be planted in a church. Don't just... Don't just visit, but be planted because seed is cheap. A soil, the soil is expensive. I tried to buy a land here in Zurich. It's very expensive. <laughs> very expensive. I couldn't afford it. So, this is the principle. Even if you have the best seeds in your hand, but if you don't have a good soil to put your seed into, your seed would mean anything, would not mean anything. Your seed will not turn into a good, into anything good. So if you can find a good soil like this one, pour yourself into this. Don't just be a visitor. Let yourself be planted in this ground because God will start to unleash your potential and you will have great future if you know how to give yourself in be planted in God's house yes. my friend Billy Simpson here come on Billy a few years back no one knows who Billy Simpson is you know he started to come to our church never really sing in front of big crowds, never. But then he started to volunteer. He started to join the worship team as a singer. And then he did it very seriously. He committed himself to the team, volunteering. And then he started to get bigger responsibility to lead worship. Everything, if every time he lead worship, you know, I can feel something come out from him, that the presence of God flowing just, just like that out from him. To cut the long story short, then there is an opening for him to do audition for The Voice Indonesia. You know, it's, it's 
maybe you said it's yeah it's it's easy you have to know that indonesia has more than 250 million people to be in the competition national competition like that is very hard but not only he come in as a delegate but he come out as a winner the number one. he won the voice of indonesia and now he is traveling all over now people recognize who he is now his follower instagram i don't know how many followers he has right now now he he, he travel people applaud him people wants to come and make a selfie with him and people ask his signature autograph you know he never dream to have that kind of life but if you ask him did he enjoy it he enjoyed so much <laughs> but it all start with little responsibility it all start by giving himself planted in a church it all start by giving himself not just not just visiting a church not just visiting a church but giving himself planted and then over himself what can i do how can i help i have this potential in my life and see what god can do for a man like him and just like what god can do for him God can do for each and if and every one of you if you take this message seriously so closing what have we learned today first of all i want you to pay attention to all the little thing in life whether it's all about health about your job your business your marriage or even your ministry secondly take seriously and be grateful for the little things you have in your hands don't complain just be grateful to god when jesus get this little box from a little child the first thing that he does with that he did is he said thanks to his father so be always be grateful with the small responsibility that god gave you the third one sow the seed and yourself in a good ground. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Sometimes I wonder when everything fails and fades away, what does remain? Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there's nothing else that remains. What would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus? Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually riches turn worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion and love. 
nothing that this earth could ever quench. What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center and our foundation.